I, I believe he allegedly uh, said that podcasts were the dumbest thing you could start in 2021, something along those lines. And that just hit me right at home. And I said, <laughs> you know what? I, I need to start a podcast. <laughs> so Tim Dillon, this goes out to you. Thank you for incentivizing us. This goes out to you. going on ladies and gentlemen welcome back to everyone is canceled your favorite show in the universe we are at episode 19 already and guess what we're covering tonight john and mary i think you guys might know we are covering a very <laughs> special topic tonight <laughs> I'm, a I'm a little i'm a little stoned so it's okay <laughs> listen Listen up. <laughs> We're covering Epstein tonight, your favorite topic on the show. I know everybody has secretly been requesting this topic, especially since the prison guards admitted to falsifying records. Right. Allegedly, they were asleep and watching internet videos while Epstein allegedly killed himself. Or was taken away by aliens. We don't know what happened. Or maybe he's still alive and out there. Actually, that's a reasonable a reasonable guess at his location. Yeah, I'm curious to hear you get into that later on. But first, I guess we shall cover the cancellation of the week. We got a couple of cancellations for you folks tonight. Before we get to Epstein, we uh, I'd like to open up with John's cancellation. I found it to be ever so true. Cancel Connecticut before Connecticut cancels you. That's right. John expressed his, let's say, disapproval of a recent ad that went on to TV by their governor. And I would just like to hear John's thoughts on this once again. Actually. I found this entertaining. The the cancellation is very much more centered on on acting in general. Uh, I think acting at this point, at least in Connecticut, is completely canceled. Or maybe politicians should leave the acting to the paid actors. Well, what if you're an actor first and then you become a politician? Let's not forget Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, Arnold. Arnold. It, it, the only thing I remember <laughs> Arnold doing as governor was reducing the charge, allegedly, of having under an ounce of marijuana from a misdemeanor to an infraction. That's all I remember. And that's a good thing. You don't need to be getting a misdemeanor for marijuana, in my opinion. There you go. So maybe it's just the other way around. Politicians, maybe politicians shouldn't be getting into the acting scene. Well, they, I think they think in general they are actors. I mean, most of them the are liars. There's a, there is and a difference, although subtle. You could argue there, is, argue there is none, but there is a small, subtle difference between a liar and an actor. They're power-hungry actors. I don't well, know what the difference is, but I feel like there is a difference there. The The etymology of... Uh, of hypocrite extends way back to um, I think even before the Shakespearean era where actors were considered hypocrites, not because of, you know, the, we kind of made this pejorative out of the word, but they, because actors did both, you know, their own personality and the personality of the character they were portraying, they were considered hypocrites. 
So what we've kind of done is put a pejorative on it saying that um, a hypocrite is someone who uh, it, you know, says one thing and does another with, uh, m- you know, a malign intent. So actors are kind of hypocrites, but not in the negative way, just in the uh, old acting way. Anyway, um, yeah, Governor Lamont, uh, Governor Lamont released a, uh, a commercial for Connecticut's stance on the unvaccinated and his kind of, his logo is now, uh, get the jab so you don't get stuck with the tab, (laughs) which is like, I don't know. I, if you watch the ad, you can find it on Twitter. And basically what it boils down to is there's a new drink called the governor <laughs> and and you can get said drink for free um, unless you're wearing a mask, which means that you're unvaccinated and then you get stuck with the tab. So what this is, is if you get the vaccine, allegedly, according to your governor, then you get a free drink named the governor by participating Bars, restaurants, etc. I think you can get yeah, participating bars. I I would think that you could get whatever you're drinking for free. Um, no, it has you to be the governor, the governor, John. Britain introduced this governor. concept to us hundreds of years ago, and now that we're getting back to that, I think that it should be celebrated that we do what they say and don't ask questions. Hello, governor. Hello, governor. Can I shine Hello, your shoes? <laughs> but wait, so. If you get the jab, you won't get the tab. Is One that what you're That's correct. So you won't. But if if you don't get the jab, you get the tab. That means you have to pay for everybody's drink at that bar if you're not vaccinated. You have to pay think so. for everyone's drinks at that bar. <laughs> you get slapped right there, allegedly, and you're shamed all the way out, allegedly. Actually, what I think happens is... After you pay the tab, you get to turn in your mask for a Star of David. Or for some other kind of symbol that'll be rolled out next week. They'll, they'll <laughs> release the symbol. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't like being coerced with alcohol. I will say that. <laughs> when you need to use alcohol to coerce an individual, all this has nothing to do with COVID. This is all alleged. None of this is real. It's a fictional oral dance now that being said how many good things has ever come from being enticed openly with alcohol (laughs) whenever you're offered a life altering uh (laughs) opportunity i don't think that should start with a free drink i don't know that this show is recoverable at this point (laughs) Wait, wait, wait so Maybe what he really means by that statement of get the jab, don't get the tab is you won't get the tab of hundreds of thousands of medical bills from the hospital when you do have to be hospitalized for COVID. Maybe he's threatening you with horrible debt of medical bills, you know, if you don't get vaccinated. Right. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) Thank you, Governor, for canceling Connecticut. We got we got to cancel you before you cancel us. That's right. <laughs> I'm not identifying as anybody. 
So next cancellation of the week is Bitcoin. Digital currency itself is allegedly canceled. Twitter users, Instagram users have been going a little bit insane. Allegedly, Elon Musk was seen to be as pumping up Bitcoin by offering Tesla to accept Bitcoin as a currency to pay for their cards, etc. So he pumps up the value of Bitcoin a, a tremendous amount. And then he goes on to say that Tesla will no longer be accepting Bitcoin as currency, which caused a drop in the value. A significant drop in the value. It's seen as a hit. A lot of people don't see it as truly significant. I think that is arguable, as are the motives allegedly are arguable behind the decision. What I can tell you is that it has rose uh, since the drop with Elon Musk and that it is projected that at least 5% of S&P 500 companies may be adopting Bitcoin as a currency. 5% of the S&P 500 companies allegedly equates to about $50 billion worth of an investment. If that was done, the value of Bitcoin as a whole, which is estimated, I believe, around $900 billion, would greatly increase, not only by the amount put in uh, the totality of Bitcoin, but by the general sign of S&P 500 companies actually investing in Bitcoin itself. The argument is that Bitcoin is a safer investment investment than the American dollar, less fluctuation. Plus, they don't have all the regulations yet that the American dollar has and stock market has to, you know, how illegal it is to manipulate that economy. But there's not really any regulation yet for, you know, electronic currency. So, they can probably have a field day with manipulating those that currency. It brings a great question to the table um, of how volatile is a stock, how volatile is an asset or something that you can invest in. Bitcoin has shown huge fluctuations. So it's not so much canceled completely, but it has brought questions into the air with such great fluctuations in a somewhat short period of time. How worthy is this investment? Will the S&P 500 companies adopt it? If they do, it could create a tidal wave that causes other businesses to have to adopt it to compete. Uh, John, what do you think about this? Do you think it's going up? Do you think it's going down? Is Bitcoin truly canceled or is it the future of society? No, no, no. Bitcoin's going to be canceled in a big way. I think what Elon Musk has done is a really good example of why Bitcoin's going to fail as a whole. Uh, I think you might see Bitcoin spike a few more times, as, but um, there are a few things that will contribute to the downfall of Bitcoin. One is it takes way too much energy uh, to mine one Bitcoin. So the amount of energy it takes to do that far exceeds its value in any in any particular way. Uh, there, are, there are many cryptocurrencies out there right now that uh, can be produced in very very little energy. Right. Now, Elon uh, Musk and, did state that he's worried about the the environmental damages of mining Bitcoin, how much energy yeah. it uses, specifically cold, coal energy, which has the worst repercussions. What does mining for digital currency look like? What is that exactly? So basically, there are computers set up um, to run an algorithm that uh, searches for like basically mining data, um, which is what produces the Bitcoin. I, I don't have a full understanding of it myself. I know that uh, a lot of these uh, uh, mining centers that are set up, 
uh, involve um, many, many uh, computers uh, all working. That's why it uses so much energy. It's because, it, you know, there's electricity being drawn to run all these computers to do all this mining. Uh, th there are other cryptocurrencies that, that that's not required. Um, a few of them, uh, especially the ones that I look at closely, are uh, XRP and XLM. Um, also, you see, and this isn't the first time that Elon Musk has kind of dipped his toe into, you know, trying to manipulate the crypto market. What other I mean, examples he, are coming to mind for you? Uh, he he bought a bunch of, of uh, Dogecoin, uh, which Sky, I mean, and Dogecoin is something that was just created by, by he just was created by a guy just because he wanted to create one, right? And it kind of, you know, it had a catchy name and it, and it, and it kind of, it was, a, it's very um, faddish, right? It's it's trendy. And and so he bought a bunch of it, which jacked the the price of this thing, which made everybody who had it a lot of money. So it, there are these cryptos that can be manipulated in that way with people who have a lot of money. Um, there are cryptos uh, out there that cannot be manipulated in that way. Uh, some of them are utilitarian. Uh, they come in the form of... Uh, uh, you know, producing loans and other such thing. You can, you can uh, trade and loan um, cryptos with uh, with your own crypto as collateral. It's a very expansive uh, industry right now, uh, with very little regulation because it's not used being used in any real practical way. Uh, there are there are online companies that will allow you to use crypto to pay for things. Um, one of the, the better ones that I've seen is Uphold. Uh, they will actually send you a, it looks like a debit card, and you can use that uh, with your linked crypto account to pay for things, and it'll do the transaction automatically. Now, one thing people kind of forget, though, is that, you know, if you're buying and selling off cryptos and making, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, you will pay taxes on all of these things. So, I, and I am I am not a, f a money financier. Uh, most of what I say about cryptocurrency, I pull straight from you know the cumulus clouds that follow me around all day. Um, if you want to, uh, if you want good advice, then I would suggest hiring a money manager yourself, or um, you know taking part in a. Uh, uh, money marketing, um, a business like Nationwide or something, right? But uh, I would, in, you know, research and invest in the cryptocurrency that you think is, you know, has long-term value and then keep your money there. So you think Just, cryptocurrency is going forward? Maybe not Bitcoin, maybe not Doge, but no, no, we, virtual it, currency it, is going forward, you think? Uh, I I absolutely believe that we are months or years or minutes away from a worldwide digital currency. What does that look like? What happens to the U.S. money? What does that transition look like to you? Uh, the transition would look very much like uh, a clean, uh, a worldwide clean slate for all countries. So, and it wouldn't take all countries to be on board with this. Uh, it would merely be... Um, you know, your, your most, most influential countries. So the United States, China, uh, Russia, the EU, uh, Britain, uh, 
uh, Australia. Once, and that's not all of them, but you know, just to get you on track of uh, of the countries that you know would be included. I like how you slipped that in there. By the way, the EU, and then you said Britain, Brexit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Britain <laughs> yeah, is not that's part a different of the thing EU now. anymore. They right. they are they have severed the tie. So um, right, you know, once these countries have made an agreement that they're going to move to a digital currency that would also agree to wipe all current debts, um, which would allow a smooth transition um, to a currency that's based on something with physical collateral. Uh, My personal belief is that it will go back to the gold standard. Um, The value of, of, of that, you know, would be they will come to an agreement on the value of an ounce of gold and that moving forward, you know, depending on how much each country, how much gold each country has, that's how much digital currency they, that country will own. Uh, and then moving from there, um, they would just trade along probably, probably one major cryptocurrency, uh, which would be used much like the Swift, Swift system that's in place right now, uh, and then all these other currencies will be traded on top of that currency. So, you know, what you'll see is basically right now the SWIFT system uh, it transfers money. You know, when you like when you write a check, right, it says it will cash and it'll clear in three to five business days. That's that's the limitations of the SWIFT system that we're on right now. Okay. The systems that we'll be moving to, uh, these transactions will happen in seconds. So... You know, a lot of a lot of even um, World Bank leaders will will tell you that if you're going to move large amounts of money on the SWIFT system, you're better off getting the cash, putting it in a suitcase and flying it to where you want it to go than you are to send it on the SWIFT system. You'll be able to move millions of dollars instantaneously uh, on the new digital system. And that's what's going to create this world, uh, this world economy. As things will be able to be done in seconds rather than days. Now, why does it take days? Is that for a security measure? Is that a good thing that we don't want to let go of, or is it just old technology? It's old technology. The uh, it's just the way our system works right now, and you know, and one of the there, there's no like real news on this happening, um, but there are like little tidbits of information. Some of the things like. Uh, you know, you look at what the World Bank is saying about cryptocurrencies. Um, even our president has said, you know, his last thing was that he wants a 15% worldwide corporate tax, right? Which tells me that somehow they're going to agree on what a 15% tax would be because that tax would have a different value in the United States than it would have in China or it would have in the EU, so in order to come to an agreement, there has to be some kind of equitable currency. I, I just, I don't see how we can't move forward. Crypto is way more secure than any, you know, currency that we have, like physical currency that we have right now. And how is that? Why is it more secure? Uh, just because of the the latent securities built into it, um, the, the amount of... Uh, protection you can put behind it the uh, the personal wallets that you can have that have uh, deep protective passwords like i'll set up a a, a, a new a alphanumeric password 
you know, with symbols and numbers and letters. My my crypto wallet has a password that's nine words, and those words have to be in order. So the effort to hack that password versus hacking my alphanumeric password uh, are are miles apart. Um, it can be done, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's the way that's the way computers work, right? For every security, and that's what uh, Bobby was saying in the episode when we were talking about uh, AI and video games, you know? Right, everything's hackable. Everything, Everything. is hackable. Yeah, whatever they build, someone will figure out how to break it down. But but if the, it can be built, it can be destroyed, right? That's just the that's law right. of nature. That's right. But the effort it will take um, and the money required to build these things, to hack these systems will be uh, so astronomical that um, eventually it, it will become a moot point. They'll find other ways of, of, uh, of capturing your, your, your money more locally. And it makes me wonder if holds are not such a good idea. What will the safety net be like? Let's say somebody does hack me, does get my information. If it's an instant transfer, I wonder if there will be less ability with that faster time transfers to get your money back in case of fraud. Right. So, I mean, you've heard some anecdotal stories about people with Bitcoin, you know, and they lose their password. Exactly. Well, they may have, they may have, you know, a hundred million dollars in their Bitcoin account, but they can't touch it because they don't have the password. Right. And if, if they try the wrong password too many times, it crashes their account and they get abs and they get locked out forever. Yeah. So, that's not good. Because mistakes happen. I mean, part of being human is making errors, being taken advantage of. And there are protections for that now. I mean, you're just going to have to learn that you you lose your password and that is that, you know? I would be the first person to lose, or I would just immediately lose all my money because I am the worst at knowing my passwords. Yeah, I think they're going to have to figure a system out that's better than that. I don't see humanity adopting that anytime soon. It'll become biometric. Right. So uh, you'll either ha either have, you know, your password will be linked to your retinal scan, you know, a retinal image or, you know, something that is more unique than a fingerprint. Yeah, it has to. Something that goes beyond your own mistakes. So it's like, hey, I'm me, you know. Yeah, fingerprints are way, way too easy to fake now. I mean, uh, we we did it in, in Grand Theft Auto. I mean, it's just, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other <laughs> ball game as well. Right. So, so it's a complicated subject. I do agree that it seems to be going uh, towards a digital currency in some aspects because of the benefits. Who it benefits the most? That could be that could that could be a whole nother episode. But I think yeah. it's an interesting topic. I'm I'm glad we were able to sort of tap on you for this uh, subject, John, because I know you you dip your toes in these waters a little bit. A little bit. Little I mean, bit. I, I certainly am not the uh, the expert on these things, but so something to keep our eyes on, though. Yeah. Okay. If you are not at least set up to begin engaging in the crypto market, then you're behind. Right. And who, as a last note on this subject, this cancellation has gone a little bit longer than usual, but I think it's warranted. So, do these companies that own the the cryptocurrency do they become banks? Or I've also heard talk from the government that the government wants to make their own federal cryptocurrency. Which way do you see that going? And who gets to do what? Yeah, there's a USDX, you know, there's a there's a, a dollar crypto. Um, 
that's you know basically a one for one, uh, which I think is utterly worthless. And don't you ever dare buy you know the government's crypto. So it I already just, exists. Yeah, but it's wow. it's for the dollar, and it you know the world the world market's not going to use a dollar. It's going to use it's going to use a standard crypto that has has yet to you know be named. And this is alleged. We are not giving you financial advice. This is art. No. Okay. Yeah. This is a song. Yeah, I've heard some yeah. journalists being concerned that they're going to try and push a, a federal coin, a crypto coin, by uh, when when they do or if they do set up universal um, income. That's what it's called, right? Yeah, when they set up a universal income system that you will, if you do want to participate in that, if you want the $2,000 a month that the government will pay you just to exist, you'll need to sign up for the federal crypto coin. I don't see the benefit, and there could, that doesn't mean there isn't one. I, I would be delighted to know the reason. It's a, it piques my curiosity, but I don't see the reason behind universal income as far as the benefit to the, the world powers and the powers that control. So is it to de incent because I can come up with some theories, but is it to to de incentivize us uh, to work and we eventually wither away? Is it to control us so at the flip of a switch they can just shut off our ways of living? We no mm-hmm. longer have control of ourselves. What just, is it? I mean, they're already doing it in China, and are they? Yeah, explain that. I Elaborate. mean, not necessarily with a crypto coin, but with a. Um, uh, social passport they they have like a specific term for it that I can't think of off the top of my head but they have on record all of uh, your past um, if you've broken any laws if you've said anything against the CCP party if you said things or tried going online for whatever reason when you weren't allowed to like on Twitter how Twitter is banned over there so they will deny you from leaving the country because of it. It'll reflect on your passport. Uh, they'll so it's like a point system. It's like a fun game that yeah. if you don't win this game, you get less freedom. I this sounds fun to me. I'm I'm interested. <laughs> this is this has got my curiosity peaked. I think it sounds fun. When does this come out in uh, the United States? <laughs> I want it now. <laughs> Yeah, it all it all depends on, you know. I don't know what it depends on. Do we even have any power anymore? We we still no. have the freedom to talk a little bit. So <laughs> so you know, you think that you can buy a house and buy some land and that you own it? Well, stop paying your taxes and then tell me if that's true. Yeah. There are those that argue taxes are unconstitutional. Well, I'm all for taxes. You know, I think taxes taxes make the country move, right? Taxes. There are seems used to be a to, need for them in, so, in to a certain degree. Yes, exactly. Um, they're they're an, a necessary evil, but right now in our current in in our current state, both you know where we are in time and perhaps Connecticut. Here's an example. So in Connecticut, um, you'll buy if you want to buy a vehicle, uh, you will pay a tax. On, on the purchase uh, price of that vehicle. Uh, once you have the vehicle, then you will pay an annual property tax on the vehicle. Uh, that is above and beyond the, the property tax 
you, you will pay for any house or land that you own. Um, so regardless of the fact that your vehicle is uh, is kept on the property in which you pay a tax on, you're going to pay a, a vehicle tax anyway on top of that. Um, you're also going to pay a gas tax uh, for the fuel that goes into that vehicle. And anything that you purchase for the vehicle will also be taxed, including uh, parts and uh, upgrades. You know what I want? I want the government to just start owning all of my money before I get it. And then they give me an allowance. And I have to submit like a questionnaire of if I want to buy Cheetos that month or like chips. And if I was really good that month, I get to buy that bag of chips for that month. And how many bags yeah. of chips I get is allotted by how good my behavior is. I think that's far better than taxes. That's where taxes yeah. are going, and I think we should just shortcut to that. I Actually, mean, why not? You know, circling back to um, to how digital how digital currency would kind of play into all this, I can't find it. I was looking for it uh, while Mary was talking, and but. I can say with some assuredness that in the in the late of the night, uh, the U.S. government passed a bill that allows them to access personal bank accounts. So, oh, no. what that tells me is that uh, one, they'll probably set up a a digital currency account for every citizen in the United States, and then transfer money. Um, into it from the money that you have and two um, when Biden said that uh, if you don't get vaccinated you're going to pay for it I think he actually I think he was very literal in a couple that. of questions did he use those words is that verbatim uh, well right there I'm paraphrasing and right there but I while you explain to me um, some of the mysteries of the universe, I will fact check myself. That would be good. I want to know the words he used. If he says pay, uh, I want to, can I use, you know, what part of my allowance from the government am I allowed to use towards that? Circling back to just all the expenses that go into cars and all the taxes, like they're just kind of pushing us over the edge, I feel like, with so many different things that. We're just going to want to give up our right to drive. Like, oh, insurance just costs too much. Taxes cost too much. Uh, repairing my car every year costs too much. So why don't we just have driverless carpools that will come and pick you up and take you to your work every day? John, real quick, was that law? And I think that's a good point, Mary. So, John, that that law, is that is that Connecticut? Is that federal? It's federal. And this allows the government to look at our, our bank statements without our permission. Is that what you're saying? And actually move money. Now, was this passed or is this just put into the House or no, something? No, it was passed. By what, but, the House and the Senate? But it's, a, it's alleged. Like, I, I couldn't find... Uh, I couldn't okay, find, alleged. I couldn't find the... the I could, obviously, I couldn't find it on the internet. You know, If any of you listeners out there can find this bill... Find the details on this. You can send it to me on Instagram. Everyone is canceled. One L. We would appreciate it. We could touch back on this topic. This is, uh, it's Fox News, so take it for what it is. But um, <laughs> it, it is in quotes. So uh, he says that, uh, you know, uh, COVID-19 cases are down in all 50 states. That's quotes. Another quote, 
following that, those who are not vaccinated will end up paying the price. He highlighted, and I quote, deaths are down from COVID by 81%, their lowest level since April 2020. Uh, But then he went on to say, and I quote, I cannot promise, I can't promise that will continue this way. We know there will be advances and setbacks, and we know there may, that may flare-ups could occur. But if the, I I sound like him saying this, but if the, (laughs) if the unvaccinated get vaccinated, they'll protect themselves and other unvaccinated people around them, which that doesn't make any, whatever. And then he also said, and I quote, if they do not, if they do not, like he's about to threaten. All right. Anyway, quote, if they do not, states with low vaccination rates may see those rates, may see this progress reversed. Ultimately, those who are not vaccinated will end up paying the price. The vaccinated will continue to be protected against severe illnesses, but others may not be if you're not vaccinated. So that brings us to a great topic. Do the vaccinated get more rights than us or do the vaccinated get less rights than us? Exactly. Well, I mean, that's what it is. And that's what, you know, and that's what I was. I mean, does that count as segregation is what I'm getting at? Is that segregate? Is that what segregation is? Or is it a health crisis? And, and, and they are, they play God. We lose the right to decide for ourselves because it is quote unquote, literally a health crisis. What does that mean? In the last episode, I, I quoted Biden, you know, when he was saying that, um, you know, it's your choice, vaccinated or unvaccinated, and how it, the issue is not, you know, what he said, but what he he does by saying that by creating two groups of people, right? The vaccinated and the unvaccinated, always trying to divide. Uh, he says he talks about unity, but he's always creating groups of people, which you know just is inherently divisive. And so when he backs it up by saying that now we have look now he's doing it on a on a national scale saying that um, if if it so happens that a state has a uh, has a flare up or a, a a large percentage of unvaccinated people that that you know they will pay the price for that and I just that's what I don't care like I I don't I actually don't even mind him pushing the vaccine I mean if there was any honesty in it then you know, that this vaccine was a good thing, then he should push it. But the question is, do you deserve to lose rights based on vaccination status? Exactly. I think in the country right now, is that's, that is the question. That is the, that is the narrative that's getting really getting pushed here. It's not whether you're vaccinated or not. It's um, what can we do that, you know, the unvaccinated people are, are not in, in line with the direction we want to go. So how can we, put them in a corner and convince other people, you know, their neighbors and friends that, that the unvaccinated people, they're the problem. There's certainly a lot of people with that viewpoint. I see them on the internet every day. There's a lot of people with the opposite viewpoint that sure, if you want to get vaccinated and protect yourself, well, it's a vaccination and that's your God given right. But for me to have less rights, for you to take away my rights based on a vaccination, there are also a lot of those in politics, politicians and citizens, and a great majority of them that believe that is unconstitutional and just downright wrong, right? Taking away somebody's rights based on what your opinion of a health crisis could be. You could call, allegedly and hypothetically, you could call the common cold a health crisis. And you could force everybody to stay inside on that. What is the definition of that? And right. 
at what point does our Constitution and Bill of Rights override what is going on as far as our freedoms go? And it's a question, it's a conversation we all need to be having. And right. again, it's such an interesting parallel uh, with the Connecticut governor. He said, you get, if you don't get the jab, you get the tab. Like, why are they, why do they keep referencing like money? Like they keep using price or tab, like vocabulary that kind of suggests that are you, we literally going to have to pay money if we don't get vaccinated or are we not going to be given money if we're not vaccinated? Like what, what, cue the the alien music, (laughs) cue it right now. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just, it's just an observation. It's just interesting to me. I'm not suggesting. And that's all this is. We're observing the universe from an alleged planet. I'm not suggesting that I'm like full on into this theory or no, like, what's going on it's just an interesting observation listen the earth is flat and you need to believe everything you hear i think it's just a conversation we need to have i don't me personally i don't think taking away rights from one group of people based on their uh, health status is the best possible way to go i could be wrong but i think it's a discussion we need to be having and i i think it is borderline uh, a violation of rights to to be stepping on some of these boundaries that they have stepped on in some states like, let's say, California or Connecticut. They've taken some pretty drastic measures, in my opinion. Yeah, and your medical, you know, you, it's all very personal information. And it's just they're kind of, you, they just speak about it so much publicly and in articles and on press conferences and all of this it's kind of like normalizing you having to explain to the people around you your medical like it's becoming commonplace to ask people on the street did you get vaccinated yeah what is your tell me your medical records are you one of us are you with us or against us in my mind, and I'm not, this isn't pro or anti-vax, it has nothing to do with that, but the, the general feeling of the question when somebody asks if you've been vaccinated uh, is, is weird because A, it's been normalized, and B, it is insinuating. They're not asking, have you been vaxxed? They are saying, are you with us or are you against us? Are you going to help us burn books or are you going you know what? to fight us? As a, as a good friend of mine has said, I'm transvax. Today, I identify as vaccinated. It's going to be really interesting. We're living in a very interesting time right now, and it's it's hard to say what's going to even happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next year, within this year. So much has already changed right in front of our eyes, and half of the country is still in so much denial about it. And I just feel like at this point they they're comfortable with just keep pushing forward with whatever this agenda is because there's not the pushback that they are getting it's just not enough because they have so much they have all the political and media power to push back on the counter narrative you know on the the rebellious people out there who are anti-vax are uh, skeptical of COVID and how the government handled it, are skeptical of whether COVID was man-made or not, or just so many different things. There's reasons why, you know, we can't trust our government 100%. And if you even ask a question, 
you know, you're just burned down as a conspiracy theorist or anti-vaxxer. It's just so easy to label people wrong nowadays. If you think we're even scratching the surface, folks, we're not even with Epstein. We're not even covering Epstein yet. Wait until we get there. If you want to have just great positive thoughts in your head, wait until we get to Epstein. But I, I agree. The government, we're not being told. It's at the point now where this can be shown, allegedly, that even Google or even searching online, the, the information that they don't want put out there, I've seen with my own eyes and it's documented by others, they scrub it from the internet. They scrub information that goes against their narrative. Yeah, we also have um, just kind of because I I heard the other day that um, that Governor Cuomo of New York was going to try and limit unvaccinated people from traveling to New York, but I couldn't find it. But I did find um, something that says uh, for because he he opened baseball stadiums, right? But He's uh, allowing full capacity for vaccinated sports fans uh, while relegating the unvaccinated to particular sections of the stadium. And (laughs) is this passing already or is this what he's trying to propose? I don't know if he can push. Like, I don't know if this actually there's no way he can't get challenged on this stuff. But but, you know, he's probably get away with it for a little while. And it's like you have to provide you have to provide. Proof of vaccination uh, to get the good seats. That's I mean, they've nice. already offered. They've already <laughs> they offered all put tickets. All the unvaccinated people in the back cab to get each other sick. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he he actually he did it in a televised announcement. He declared that normal normal this is quote unquote normal seating in stadiums for people who can prove they were injected with a coronavirus vaccine serum. For unvaccinated people, the six foot distancing applies with masks and 33% capacity in those sections. And again, how are they going to enforce this? You have to show up with your vaccination card and... And if you don't have it, even if you're vaccinated, if you can't prove it, you out. Yeah. Like the the piece of shit you are. (laughs) (laughs) Again, dude, I was drinking my coffee. You can't, you you can't say something funny point, brother. drinking my coffee. So, cryptocurrency is canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much of this we can keep up. This episode is going to be three hours long. I'm not going to edit any of it. <laughs> and you better listen to all of it. So, let's move on to Epstein here. I'm going to let Mary open this up. I'm glad we had such a... That was, a, that was a good cancellation. I'm happy with that. We're just putting questions out there in the ether. You do what you want with that. Yeah, just be aware. Just be aware. Or don't be aware. You can listen to no. this podcast and purposely say, I'm not going to be aware right now. And that's your right. <laughs> for how much longer? I don't know. But that's your right. Guess what? It's good for the economy. Have you heard that clip, John, of Biden? Oh, I don't. He's whispering. <laughs> you haven't seen that, dude? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's like it's trending no. right now. All the memes are taking it. He's just whispering to this reporter, and I feel super creeped out by it. And he's—I don't know what he's talking about. It was a press conference. I think it was some some kind of way to stimulate the economy. So he was like saying, 
Like, don't criticize us stimulating the economy because it's going to be good for the economy. It's going to be good for all of us, not just for the rich people kind of thing. And I don't know exactly what he was talking about, but that's the gist of it that I got. It was nice. It made me feel good. It made me feel good. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> John loves Biden. He voted for him. It's his favorite president of all time, if you can't tell. Speaking of being creepy to young girls, that's a good transition to, to this Epstein topic. Perfect. Yes. So let's talk about, yeah, let's let's get into Epstein. There was a recent development on the story, a, a bombshell, if you will, metaphorically development. Now, what happened with the prison guards? Allegedly, they falsified records, the prison guards that were supposed to be on duty watching Epstein. What happened there? It's no longer alleged. The two prison guards that were convicted of abandoning their post when they were supposed to be doing regular checks on Epstein, since he was at a uh, labeled as like high risk of suicide, they were instead taking naps and watching YouTube videos or something along those lines. And they uh, just actually struck a deal while they were on trial to get no jail time. They All they got was 100 hours of uh, community service work. And in exchange for their cooperation in the federal investigation of Ghislaine Maxwell, of Epstein, the whole scandal. So we'll see if anything comes of this. Hopefully... Hopefully they don't get run over by a truck walking the street tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they've already admitted to falsifying these records, but they didn't necessarily admit to seeing somebody, allowing someone into the cell, seeing somebody come in and out. They didn't admit to facilitate facilitating some kind of, like, if... If the theory of him getting murdered by somebody is true, they did not admit to that part, just to the part that they falsified the records. And we'll see how much they actually put out into the public um, with the federal investigation that's carrying on. They might just keep it all classified or whatever they want to call it. I don't, e- I don't know if classified is the right term. Yeah, this good point as well. Is The argument is that uh, prisons just don't get enough funding. That uh, I've read that a lot of these prison guards are forced to work doubles. They're forced to work a lot of overtime. Sometimes it's a second job. And I believe one of the the guards that was sleeping on duty, it was their second job, allegedly. And there's just not enough funding. So they're saying maybe they were genuinely asleep. Maybe they were, didn't have the right training. But if you're asking me, the, the waters seem a little murky here. Yeah. I mean, he right. did attempt suicide, what was it, a week or two before the actual his actual death. So it really can go either way. He could have really did kill himself. But I it was the, um, the state coroner, I believe, of New York that did um, his autopsy and concluded that it was suicide. Yet there were other, um, high experts in the field of autop, like autopsy science, whatever you want to call it, that career who have autopsians, <laughs> autopsians, coroners, <laughs> whatever, 
but he went on to what was it 2020 and did did a whole show on how it wasn't a suicide that there was clear indications of strangulation it was like broken um broken bones in the neck that could only happen with like somebody else's forced hand on it it's... was it bigfoot <laughs> you know, you, know, UFO man. came right over that prison prison dropped off bigfoot bigfoot sneaked into the prison cell while the guards were taking naps strangled him and there was no trace left because the UFO allegedly right allegedly a UFO was over Epstein and dropped a Bigfoot that killed him allegedly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so the media and FBI and all the different groups leading investigations against Epstein from the very beginning since the early 2000s right they have been so horrible at their jobs and it can make somebody suspicious of, oh, maybe there's an incentive for them allegedly, to be. They've allegedly been bad at their jobs. <laughs> for them to just be dropping the ball on giving justice to a child molester, sex trafficking, you name it. He's it's it's just quite horrible. All the things he's been allegedly yeah. accused of and has been convicted of as well. And and what I, one thing I I want to be like really clear with you guys, you know, our listeners, is that I think I think a lot of the Epstein stuff is surrounded by conspiracy theories, but but the truth is that this was a bad dude. Like you know, take the conspiracy theories away. He he did do these things uh, that he's accused of, and uh, you know, there's. I, there's some information. I just want to lay some some background for the stuff that we're talking about, um, because this this setting this up uh, was not something that he did on the side. It wasn't something that you know he just kind of you know he was an alleged billionaire, but I think his actual assets and holdings after his death uh, amounted to about uh, six hundred million dollars. Uh, so he was short of that, but. It, he was not a a poor man, indeed. In 1998, that's in, that's when he bought um, Little Saint James uh, in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and he bought that for just under eight million dollars. But he owns two islands, so in 2016, he bought a 165 acre Great Saint James Island uh, for 18 million dollars. Um, so he had two islands. The first island um, he had is kind of his his resort, right? This is the place where he brought people in. Um, some of these people uh, have appeared in photos. Uh, you know, they deny it, but you gotcha. You know, it's not good. Uh, one of them being Prince Andrew. That would be the, the queen's son. Um, you know, he he's right there in a picture with uh, one of the girls from the island who's stepped up and uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, um, who was really the uh you know the black widow of this organization um so he had those two islands um for totaling about uh, 25 26 million dollars this is 
when making that kind of an investment, and that was just the, the property value. That wasn't the millions of dollars he dumped into uh, building all the structures. Like on one island, I think it was the big one, he wiped the vegetation off of it and then just built his structures and planted new stuff. Most of the work that was being done there was shut down by the authorities at St. Thomas uh, because it was uh, it violated a whole bunch of environmental regulations that they had set up. But he continued to work on it anyway. And some of this he did, uh, when even when he was... Uh, he, I think he went to prison for a while in 2008. Like, regardless of what people say about, you know, what's surrounding his death or who attended his island, the islands are real. Um, the the child trafficking is real. The, the sexual assault and rape of these girls is real. And, and, I, and I only worry that because it will become this uh, political football, as more of this stuff comes out, that people will lose uh, the truth of what he was doing in and amongst all these conspiracy theories. And I, I just would hate to see that to happen. Yeah, that's a good point. Speaking of conspiracy theories, a lot of this information that has come to light from the experiences of these women that have come forward have been censored, have been suppressed by either like when the documentary came out, they excluded so many details that would incriminate so many powerful people. They don't even want to touch their names. They don't even want to bring them into the picture because this Epstein scandal, it turns out like it, it ends up being a whole bribery scandal where they can hold, you know, they have these powerful figures on tape in these photographs on his properties on these islands, on these ranches. He's got one in New Mexico. He's got properties in Manhattan. He's got a property in Palm Beach and all over the place. Like he's just got so much dirt on politicians, on scientists. He's highly linked to Silicon Valley, um, superpower people, <laughs> superpower mm. people. <laughs> but anyway, it's like people like our president or our former president, Trump is linked to him. Bill Gates is linked to him. Former CEO of Google, Eric Schmidt is linked to him. Now who stated this? Um, so there is this journalist that I really like to follow. Her name is Whitney Webb, and she's done a whole investigative series, has written several articles, really long ones, all about Epstein and his connections. And uh, she's gotten all her, her information from articles before they've been scrubbed from the internet. Like, she's been just researching this topic for many years. And so she got in contact with... Maria Farmer, who was one of the victims of Epstein, she used to work for him back in, uh, I gotta say, I think it must have been late 90s, early 2000s. The timing is escaping me. But she had a three-hour phone interview with Maria Farmer, and she just came forward with just loaded information about the whole scandal how and this is public information that anybody can look up correct yeah so essentially maria farmer uh describes epstein as like middle management level of this human trafficking scheme 
and that the head of the snake for this country is this uh, me- this man who's very powerful in American media. His name is Les Wexner. He's the richest man in Ohio. So she describes him as the head of the snake. He's in charge of this whole scheme in this country. And then it goes even beyond him internationally. But she also has witnessed um, as many as five girls every single day, young girls, leaving Epstein's office every single day. And she also made a point that only... A few dozen women have come forward as being victims. And since she had been working for him for, I think it was like five years, and seeing five women or young women, not even women, young girls, leave his office every single day, like the numbers don't add up. There's also um, FBI investigations in Florida alone who have or this was actually the attorney of one of the victims, has managed to link 500 girls to these crimes, to being associated with Epstein and going in and out of his mansion. Yet only they've only found a few dozen. And she's kind of suggesting, like, well, what happened to these other women? They can't even find them. They, can't, they have their names. And they can't even find these girls anymore who are should be now women at this point. And it's just really dark, really creepy to even entertain. Like, if she is telling the truth, which I don't think she has much of a reason to be making this stuff up, then it's just, it's just leads to so much, like, corruption. And how come we can't find these women? Like, how far does this cover-up go down? Look, we're just putting the information out there. We heard a lot of this. This is a big story, right? The prison guards falsifying information is a big story. Now, we love Tim Dillon. We listen to his podcast. Some of this information, some of this information we heard on his podcast, the great comedian Tim Dillon, uh, with Whitney Webb. Now, I heard Tim Dillon clearly state that they were not suicidal, and I also want to state we're just putting this information out. We are not suicidal. Okay, so if something happens, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I think it's important to state what is going on, what is being said in the media, especially the media that could be allegedly said to be covered up. Not so easy to find. And this victim, Maria Farmer, she also spoke a lot about Ghislaine Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell. I like all, all the options. She described her as the most evil woman on this planet and just equally involved, if not more involved, with sexual assault of these young girls. And that was what essentially made Maria Farmer quit was that she was at Les Wegner's house in Ohio when Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein attempted to rape her. And she was so scared for her life. She ran out. She found a landline phone. And she called every single person on that she knew the number of saying they were trying to kill her. And they caught her on camera making these phone calls. And because of that, they she believes that that's the only reason why she's alive today. 
is because they saw that she had contacted everyone she knew and they wouldn't be able to get away with that. So is this a recent story? Is she a recent discovery in this case? Or has she no. been saying this for a while now? She's been saying this from the very beginning to all that she's been when when this happened to her, she was calling the police all the time trying to make reports. The police would transfer her to FBI and the FBI would just shr- just uh, brush her brush her off, brush her aside. They just didn't want to touch it because Les Weckner's name was attached to these accusations. So she's saying there's a connection there allegedly. Oh, absolutely. She was saying that. Yeah, she was saying he was in charge. You know, even, even with he the was, FBI, he was uh, attached to them, she's saying. Yes, they believe that the FBI has known about Epstein, Les Wexner, Ghislaine Maxwell ever since the early 90s and have chosen to do nothing about it, whether they were trying to gather more information to be able to convict these people or whether they were being bought off by corrupted powers it's it's up to you know it's not clear or certain yet but. and who's charging so who's on the case now um i i i think so what happened was nypd became very persistent about this investigation so when uh epstein was first convicted of child um, pedophilia for molesting children back in 2008 he got off free for that and he was still able to continue to do everything like there was almost no consequences for him doing that and he barely lost any friends over it either you know people were still associating with him and it wasn't until the second investigation that he really got nailed um and it was the NYPD who were the persist. They they were persistent about the case. They were the ones who contacted Maria Farmer to make sure, like, to get all her details. It went up the chain. Like NYPD gathered the information and then confronted the FBI about it, and then they had to finally make a case and convict him of these crimes. So. Sounds like there's still some good people out there. <laughs> what's going on? Where, what's the future of this case hold? What are the implications that are on the table right now? So right now, um, the the guards are now, uh, they have to be cooperative with the federal investigation. and According to the deal they signed. Yeah, according to the, yeah. They, they stru- struck a deal with the attorney general, I think, or the judge. I'm not sure. I believe the judge still has to approve it, and it could be approved as early as next week. Yeah, I I, I guess so. I don't know if it's firm or not. but um, And then now, of course, Ghislaine Maxwell is in prison, and she's under <laughs> watch, you know, to make sure that she doesn't mysteriously die or commit suicide. And, yeah... That's where we're at. This case, she's going to be convicted of. She may be convicted. Yeah, it's not yeah. Yet. Or what her charges are. What you mean? I I get the legal jargon all mixed up. I'm I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an attorney. I don't I don't know all the official jargon. A space cowboy. <laughs> cowboy Remember, space. I'm an astronaut. I see John's everything. John's a space astronaut on the sea. I got the bird's eye view from space. Does that make sense? I got a bird's eye view of space. (laughs) 
But what's really interesting about Ghislaine Maxwell is her father was highly connected with the Israeli intelligence arm uh, called uh, Mossad and also highly connected with the CIA. Her siblings are all highly connected with Silicon Valley, and they've been working um, closely with those companies. So basically the people that control the entire world. Yeah. So not too powerful. <laughs> and it like medium, is, medium amount of power. When we, Epstein is the wormhole of wormholes. Just the, the amount of directions. Rabbit directions. Hole or wormhole? Both? <laughs> Oh yeah, the rabbit hole of rabbit holes. I like wormhole better. <laughs> yeah, wormhole is wormhole describes a situation in which space and time has been bent and or mistreated in a way that that uh, allows something to pass through it at an, a mysterious and exponential speed. John, are you te- so you're telling me Ghislaine Maxwell is a time traveler? <laughs> Is that what you're telling uh, me right now? If, <laughs> if time travel was possible, she would definitely be in on that. Is she a wizard? Oh, you know, Dylan, I, uh, I got a call from the, my contact at the State Department, and he said that uh, absolutely uh, Ghislaine Maxwell was working for <laughs> Satan himself, and that uh, the deep state, uh, which is at the, you know, the, the footstool of Satan, uh, was responsible for uh, Epstein's death. There's interdimensional demons trying to suck our minds out through these Satanists. Oh, there's plenty of evidence of them having all sorts of satanic symbolism in their um, in their houses, their mansions as well, which is pretty interesting. Like, yeah. they just have a random devil here and there. That's nice. But it's subtle, they sang. Maria Farmer described it as being subtle. They're just having fun with it. <laughs> they're just playing with Satan. It's just like they're they're lightly... They're lightly dating. They're lightly dating Satan. Yeah. The Prince of Darkness. So Epstein was highly like connected with, like I was saying with Ghislaine Maxwell, they they worked hand in hand together pretty much throughout this, like ever since Epstein, you know, got imprisoned. And um, so she was just as highly connected to Silicon Valley and these scientists as well. And there are stories of them flying these scientists in um getting them like loosey-goosey like oh you're on a tropical island like have some fun oh oh here's some nice hot women that you don't know are underage but they are and then they got dirt on them immediately like oh we filmed you having sex with a 16 year old that you thought was 19 like you have to do some research for us or tell us the inner scoop of your research department and they were um always uh on the lookout for genetic engineering new like new research on genetic engineering which kind of yeah essentially they were eugenicists as well they would commonly talk about in conversation about how they're superior and that they need to they (laughs) they even wanted to like impregnate maria farmer with epstein's child because they deemed her worthy of passing his genetics along and just real creepy sociopathic human experimentation human exploitation it's it goes this this labyrinth of rabbit holes goes deep (laughs) so basically their business model is getting dirt on people and their allegedly their their enticement game was just 
on point. Like they, they're just that's what they master. Their business model is controlling the world through manipulation. Yeah, and, and they were so powerful that basically anybody they wanted to entice, they could. And um, I, I've heard recounts of people who have met Epstein in person. There, so I spoke about him in the last podcast I was on too. His name is Eric Weinstein. Was invited to um, to Epstein's um, house. I'm not sure apartment, luxury apartment in Manhattan, and he it just explained finding hidden cameras who did who found uh it? eric weinstein himself yeah he he was invited there because of his um expertise in gauge theory with the money market and with um uh, his theory of everything he likes to call it anyways so he describes him as being like highly intelligently manipulative um, he would do these little tricks to kind of test somebody's limits, moral limits and ethical limits. While they sat down at a meeting, he was sat down, Eric was sat down at a long table with the American flag used as the tablecloth. And how he describes it, it looked like a coffin. And also the symbolism of you eating your meal on top of the American flag was kind of just this subtle subversive symbolism of you kind of desecrating the what stands for American values and at the same time Epstein was asking him questions and interviewing him for what information he has to become part partners you know like financial partners with this research and the whole time he had like this young 22 year old woman bouncing on his lap and she would just giggle like that was her whole point of being there was just to be on Epstein's lap bouncing and giggling around and it was like Epstein was testing Eric Weinstein like his if he got distracted how he reacted to this distraction and it was just like just some weird mind games going on and he just didn't want anything to do with it. And after the meeting, he's never spoke to Epstein again. So it, it was just some interesting insight. Um, you can look it up on YouTube yourself. Eric Weinstein has a, a clip from his podcast about his experience with Epstein and you can check it out. You're just painting this me this picture of like a battle of the minds. Like they're using the, the powers against each other and Weinstein was like <laughs> trying to defend like a wizard as long as he could to survive and get out of there with his little yeah. wizard you bubble. Shall not <laughs> Yeah. Pass. He's like, I am a patriot with high American ideals. I do not want to eat a meal on the American flag. I will not stand for this. <laughs> if there is a superhero team made and Alex Jones is the captain of, it, captain of it, I believe it is in my opinion that he should recruit Eric Weinstein to be on that on that team. I think that qualifies right there for fighting Satan. <laughs> the 22-year-old girl looks at Weinstein and is like, Run, you fool! <laughs> Did you know that uh, one of the things on on the the little the little island was a temple? Yeah, <laughs> I know this because so we talk about Tim Dillon a lot because he he's really influential to us and his comedy is just so 
so important during this crazy time and he's so critical of the elite and the people in power and he's into conspiracy theories as well but like in an intelligent way anyways <laughs> uh he made a skit on Epst- about Epstein when like this whole scandal first came out a couple years ago and uh, he dressed up as the temple as Epstein's yeah. temple looking for work in Hollywood he's like I've become unemployed and now I'm on Hollywood Boulevard and I'm trying I'm just trying to make it through I'm just trying to make ends meet being a, a temple where in fact, this whole Satanic episode rituals happened. <laughs> in fact, this whole episode is dedicated to Tim Dillon. I, I believe he allegedly uh, said that podcasts were the dumbest thing you could start in 2021, something along those lines, and that just hit me right at home. And I said, <laughs> you know what? I, I need to start a podcast. <laughs> so, Tim Dillon, this goes out to you. Thank you for incentivizing us. This goes out to you. Jumping on the bandwagon a little late. Is pretty much what he's saying. People so, who start podcasts. I find in it 2021. interesting that we are the first podcasters, like ever. <laughs> we have people listening. I know of two. Well, this was a good episode. It certainly was an episode full of wormholes, and time travel is real. If there's anything you learned from this episode, <laughs> I hope I hope it is that there are interdimensional demons trying to kill us all, allegedly. They're all Allegedly. lizards. Ghislaine Maxwell looks like a lizard. If you look into a picture, like... <laughs> don't, so, lizard shame. don't lizard shame. <laughs> okay, there was a minute there where Ghislaine Maxwell just kind of was hiding for a while last year before she became imprisoned. And she posted on her Instagram right in the middle of this disappearance of hers a picture of her eating in and out while reading a book about the lives and deaths of CIA operatives. Now, Maybe she's just a reader, and that, was, that happened to be the book that she was <laughs> reading. While everybody is like, oh, is she hiding in the UK? Because that's where she's from and where her family is from. Or is she, is she hiding at the Rothschilds? Is she hiding at, um, at Eric Schmidt's house? There are all these different theories going on. And then she posts a photo of her on the West Coast... Just eating a burger, in and out burger, reading her books about these CIA operatives getting assassinated. And she just has this smile and she's just looking at the camera. You can see into those lizard eyes of hers. Like she's just like, you're never going to catch Alleged me. Alleged lizard eyes. Yeah. Alleged. Is it, Do we have a record of what she uh, was eating? At the I mean, restaurant? In the photo, I I think you can see the in and out burgers. Was it in like front a double double? I'm not sure. You'll have to look it I want to know what soda she chose. That tells me a lot about a person. Yeah. <laughs> it but tells appar- me a lot. Apparently, that was a whole publicity stunt arranged by her attorney, allegedly. So, I don't know what the hidden meanings are, if that was supposed to just be like a reminder to all the people she's got dirt on to not fuck with her and to not imprison her because she... She, if she goes down, the you know they all go down with her because she's she knows where the tapes are. She knows where all the the hidden camera footage from all the powerful people that have gone in and out of those properties are, and she can pull the trigger on that. I assume. I think she's just encouraging us to read. 
<laughs> just pick up a nonfiction book and learn about a little bit about history. Good night, folks. <laughs> Good night. Is there anything else we want to touch on tonight? Um. Oh, uh, I actually I did want to um, say that uh, Rachel Maddow, who I mentioned in the last episode, is a uh, a host at MSNBC, not CNN. Oh, you made a you made a oopsie. Well, I mean, I, I do it all the time. It's just I actually now we have to delete every single screen. episode, John. <laughs> That's not true. We have to not start from scratch. Get, not till we get. We canceled. have to rename the show. We've lost all of our alleged legitimacy of information of this podcast because of that. What's I legitimacy? I think we only said alleged fourteen times last episode, and to cover <laughs> that, I think we should have said it like twenty. <laughs> Just, just sprinkle in a that's couple more. We, yeah, that's why we always sell. This is a legend. It's not real. We're poets, no. and you didn't know it. Yeah. Ooh, that rhymed. I think I just created that phrase. All right, folks. <laughs> if you want to catch us on Everyone is Canceled, I'm sorry. That's wrong. All right, folks, if you want to catch us on Instagram or Facebook, <laughs> look up Everyone is Canceled, 1L, spelled the correct way. We appreciate you guys listening to our show. I'm your host, Dylan Randall. John, Mary, thank you very much for joining me. You're welcome. Yes, always. And happy gaming. New episodes every Saturday, by the way. And uh, we might have a new guest as well here very soon, <laughs> Urban Legends. That'll be a fun episode, another viewer request. That'll be fun. Next episode, we will be performing a live seance. What? No. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was just waiting. I'm like, what's John going to say to that? <laughs> <laughs> we will catch you folks next time on Everyone is Canceled. Adventure is underlined by coffee.